Welcome to the Ben Don't Break podcast. I am Aaron Schweitzer, publisher of The Source. My co-host is Nicole Vulcan, our editor. We are powered by The Source Weekly, Ben's locally owned newspaper. We are glad that you're taking some of your time to listen to us chat with the people who shape our local community. Today, we are talking to Matthew Davey. Matthew Davey is currently serving as the park ranger at Smith Rock State Park. He originally came to the park as a lead ranger in 2012 and took the manager reins in 2019 after a three-year stint as ranger supervisor at Silver Falls State Park and the Cove Palisades State Park. He's been with Oregon State Parks now for 17 years and feels very privileged to work for Oregon's amazing park system. Matt, uh, given that uh, you love Oregon and its amazing system, what... uh, what led you to become a park ranger? I grew up, you know, my family used to take us to state parks as a kid. Yeah. And uh, I always had my most memorable experiences um, on family vacations out on the coast in state parks, um, all over Oregon. And uh, when the opportunity came up, I saw, you know, a, a, you know, a posting for a park ranger. And it hadn't really crossed my mind before. Um, but when I saw what park rangers do and a way that I could be involved and um, do meaningful work. I pursued it as a career. So okay. yeah, jumped in as a seasonal ranger in the Columbia Gorge and uh, never looked back. Great. Awesome. So you moved from ranger, now you're manager. What's kind of, you know, you are in charge of the other rangers. What does a manager position mean? Yeah, it's just a little bit more responsibility, but we're all in it together. So the manager um, hires, you know, recruits, hires, and supervises the ranger staff and oversees the, the projects, the budget, um, and, uh, and to a certain extent, the daily operations. But really, it's uh, the rangers are the ones that are the face of the park, that are out there, the, the caretaking and, and, and getting, getting the, the majority of the work done. So we couldn't really do it without uh, those rangers. They're really integral. Yeah. You worked at, I mean, that list of places you've been, Silver Falls, Cove Palisades, Smith Rock, I mean... You've got the creme de la creme of state parks there. That's kind of the beauty is you can keep um, the same employer and you can move around the state. You know, I, I worked at Fort Stevens State Park on the coast. Oh, I love that I worked place. up and down through the Columbia yeah. Gorge and even did a short little stint out on the Snake River at Farewell Bend State Park. And so it's been an amazing opportunity to get a lot of variety in a career while um, maintaining um, you know, your same employer, which the Oregon State Park system is incredible to work for. Yeah, I mean, and just listing off those places. I know other places have beautiful places, but, you know, you got some awesome places you get to work. It's it's really, yeah, it's that um, ability to work inside of a park and have that um, incredible experience every day as your um, office, as your work site. <laughs> right. um, and, and, and I feel especially, uh, you know, happy to be working at Smith Rock, which is really just a gem. Um, it was one of those parks that I did not go to as a kid. So coming um, to Smith Rock in my uh, early 20s um, with some friends to go rock climb um, was my first experience there. And this was before I, I started as a park ranger and uh, never would have believed that I would be able to be um, running the show there, uh, you know, in 20 years. Yeah, that's cool. What are some things like, you, you know, overarching patterns or themes you're seeing like with state parks today kind of versus when you started? Anything um, changing, shifting? Yeah, so um, definitely visitation has just really changed the game. 
um, parks, uh, the, the coastal parks um, have seen huge, you know, growth over there. So we're just we're just having a lot more visitor interaction and our seasons are being extended, too. So there used to be what park rangers would refer to as an off season yeah. um, uh, winter time. And, and, our, and our agency really relies on upon a seasonal workforce, too. Um, but those uh, shoulder seasons and that that off season is starting um, to become less and less. It seems like people are recreating year round. Um, there's been, uh, you know, more development with RV um, camping, too. So a lot of our state parks expanded um, hookup sites, full hookup sites and really catered to that RV crowd, which allows a lot more year round camping opportunities than people would do if they were tent camping. So we're seeing just longer seasons and um, that, you know, that that break that you used to get in the wintertime where you could be a little bit less engaged with um, visitors and more engaged with project work um, is, is something that we just don't have that time as much anymore. We're, 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 we're dealing with a lot of visitor interaction. Seems like that is particularly true of Smith. I mean, as someone who has been going to Smith for, you know, 30 plus years now, I mean, you used to have an off season, you know, people didn't really truck around Smith in the wintertime. And, um, you know, locals, I think, knew like, oh, well, we won't go in those summer crazy cone liquor days. But, uh, you know, when winter rolls around, we'll go and do our hikes. But that those patterns have changed, haven't they? They sure have, and we have um, uh, visitor uh, counter data. So, uh, you know, we track some traffic across the footbridge at the park, and we've seen, uh, especially with these milder winters that mm. we've had, um, maybe uh, this last one excluded, not, but um, not this year, not this year. <laughs> um, but what we've been seeing is uh, January, February, um, record numbers, um, more visitation. Oh in January and February in 2021 than we had in July and August. Wow. So, yeah, that says something. And that's really when we do not have a lot of staff or volunteers on board. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's it's, it's a lot of people in January and February um, where we're still open overflow lots. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like it's a, you know, there's the, the park has its dangers, that's for sure. You know, people, some of the trails are, you know, people fall off them, or and you got some steep canyons. You have bridges. And that must be pretty concerning when you have low low staff. Um. Yeah, it is. And well, you know, the nature of Smith Rock is steep canyons, right? So you have steep trails to get you up and down, and and a lot of those were built um, by climbers more for like the more adventurous type too. So, but what we've seen is a shift in um, the people who visit Smith Rock too. So. Um, we have some people that are less prepared um, coming out to Smith, at, you know, every month of the year, too, and um, may uh, get in for more than they um, bargain for, uh, depending on the season that they're visiting. Um, you know, a lot of the a lot of the events that we respond to tend to fall more in the summertime, though, with heat. Um, mm. Those, you know, really hot days, those really I mean, our summers are getting hotter, too. Yeah. So, um, Misery Ridge, people that decide to do Misery Ridge in July and August often don't realize that, you know, it can be 15 to 20 degrees warmer against those rocks. Yeah, it could be miserable. 
It's yeah. aptly named. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's take, aptly named. Take a cue from the name, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We would hope that it would help discourage some of the traffic. It doesn't seem to be working. We've talked about renaming it Rattlesnake Ridge, <laughs> but um, I don't think it would work. But yeah, that's the thing is uh, more people um, head up there on really hot days. And we've actually started uh, occasionally putting a staff person or a volunteer trail ambassador down by the footbridge to um, inform people educate, of, you know, yeah. educate. Yeah. Um, do you have enough water? Do you have the right footwear? Um, are you really ready for this? Uh, can we offer you a better suggestion? Yeah. Are your calves large enough to go up this ridge? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, a lot of it is slips, trips, and falls, too. Yeah. It's a steep trail. And, um, and, and in some ways, just changing the direction that you do it by doing it uh, uh, clockwise and coming up by monkey face is actually a little easier on the knees um, and less likely to slip than going down by monkey face. So we try to give mm. people, you know, smarter options too on ways that they could do it that it might be a little bit um, more pleasurable too. Yeah. Well, well, this is a good place to transition into a discussion about uh, the master plan that's currently coming out for Smith Rock. Um, can first just just give us an idea of the timeline for the master plan and uh, how long people have to comment on it. Yeah, absolutely. So this master plan, the the survey data started back in 2016, 2017. Typically, a master plan process lasts about two years from start to finish. This one is pushing about seven now, so it's longer than intended. And that was due to um, a change of staff in 2018, 2019, and then the following um, pandemic that we went sure. into that really uh, put the whole process on hold. So we picked it back up in 2021 and really started refining our concept plans in 2022 um, and that's where we're at now is a refined concept plan we just opened up for two public meetings earlier this month um, on april 10th and then opened up public comment for those concept plans in the draft master plan and so the uh, public comment period is going to be open through May 15th, and we encourage uh, people to take a look at that draft master plan and let us know. Give us your feedback um, through May 15th. So um, obviously, based on some of the things you already talked about, um, it might be obvious, but just you know, let people know the reason that there's a new master plan draft out there in the first place. What are, why did we get here? Sure. So we had uh, our previous master plan was released in 1991. Um, typically, master plans um, are uh, good for about 20 years. So we're at about 32 years um, since the last master plan. And visitation has tripled in that time. There's been a lot of change at Smith Rock um, in the, uh, you know, with visitation um, and, and the natural resources. And we've added some new property to it, too. And um, so a master plan really is uh, the it's the guiding document for park management to use um, when uh, funding becomes available to uh, Im improve the park and implement management strategies. So it really it provides a menu of options that park managers can employ um, uh, as funding becomes available. It's not necessarily prioritized and it's not funded either. So. Um, and, and nothing, you know, so when you roll out a master plan, it's not that everything's going to get done. It just gives some options and it allows um, the permitting process to take place. Because if, it, if what you want to uh, build or do in a master isn't in your master plan, um, then you have to amend the master plan to put it in there. You can't just go deviate from the plan um, without going back through a public comment process. So that's a really interesting distinction because I think, you know, just reading some of the public comments that, that have already come, 
folks maybe have the idea that these things are going to happen and they're going to happen as soon as this thing is adopted. Government works a little differently. <laughs> yeah. And nothing happens fast. I mean, shoot, this has been seven years just to get a plan right. done. Don't expect that the plan's going to be executed uh, in its entirety um, quickly. So that's that's just not going to happen. Um, what we'll do is um, implement some projects uh, as funding becomes available. The neat thing, the, the, the neat spot that Smith Rock is in right now is that we actually have some funding that was appropriated for some project work. Um, so as we roll out this master plan, um, we can get to work on some design on some pretty cool new projects here in the, in the somewhat near future. So I've got a list of some of the cool new things that would be coming with this master plan if it's adopted. New restrooms new bridges to help people get across the river and disperse, more picnic areas, adding group camping, visitor center, more parking, going up from 470 to 562, and then closing Canyon Trail. What's drawing the most attention? What do you think is the, what, what is the thing that people are, uh, you know, paying close enough attention to? Yeah, some of the main themes that came out during the public comment process is parking and yeah. congestion. Um, and, uh, and, and the reservation, like potentially implementing a permit or a reservation system for parking. It's really about, um, capacity and, and how we want to manage that capacity and the experience while also protecting the resource too. So, um, with, uh, with this master plan, it addresses some of those parking concerns, um, and uh, give some options for how we can make that safer and how we can make that experience a lot better. So the parking, it looks like, I mean, you, you, there's close to 100 new parking spaces, but that means kind of under this proposed plan, moving some, like closing off some things and moving parking sort of more dispersed. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. So the, the parking situation at Smith Rock, um, uh, is proposing to remove a lot of that parking off of the county road. It's currently, it was, it was, it was built and added on to over years, and it's on a county road. There's head-end parking along the county road. There's parallel parking on a county road. It creates a safety issue because it forces some people to walk in the county road, uh, and it forces people to back out onto a county road. And when the parking is full, uh, and visitors are driving in and out along that county road looking for a parking spot, they'll stop and they'll wait. And we share that county road with our park neighbors. And they'll oftentimes get frustrated while they're stuck behind um, visitors that are parked on the road or, ha or, or a group of people walking along the road. So what we want to do is remove that parking from the county road and put it into um, a, a, a couple of different lots uh, that would be safer for visitors, safer for your vehicles. It would give um, park management an opportunity to actually be able to manage that too. Whereas when it's on a county road, it's a lot more difficult to control that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so got to hear about the permit system that's being proposed because we know that over in the Cascades Wilderness, we've had permits in, in effect for a couple of years. There's been mixed reviews about how that's going. So I'm guessing you've been watching that that process a little bit to kind of see you know, how it's received in the community and how people are using it. And what does that look like in terms of, you know, proposals for Smith Rock? Yeah, the comments, too, about this, the permits and a reservation system for parking have been really split. So what we are looking at is a compromise here because uh, in, in taking what works 
um, and not <laughs> doing what 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 hasn't been working too. So we're gonna we don't have an exact plan in place yet. So we've got some time to um, consult with others that have been through this process. Some of them are state parks. They're doing this in the Columbia Gorge. They've they've yeah. implemented a successful system down at uh, Shore Acres State Park for their holiday lights when they would really and that's a timed reservation system. So at Smith Rock, what we're what we're considering is taking one lot and making that lot reservable while still maintaining that first come first serve ability. So it's not gonna be a full reservation system that would be implemented and to the exclusion of others. And then if people didn't show up, then there would be spaces that would be vacant. So what, what it would do is allow some people that want to have that reservation, the ability to make that reservation, especially if you're coming from you know hours away, yeah. Portland area or Eugene, and you don't wanna show up and then not be able to have that experience that you drove hours for so you could reserve a spot in this lot and it would be held for you but the nature of Smith Rock and the nature of hiking and climbing is um, so weather dependent and we want to maintain that spontaneous visit um, uh, accessibility so uh, keeping a lot of that parking open and available for first come first serve is very important too yeah so just to clarify it's not like a trail permit it's just for parking Correct. and just in one lot and not everywhere yeah yeah we would we would phase it in and just start with one lot if we needed to expand it a little bit it would it, it could potentially be expanded um if it's working well and, or and if it's not being used um then it could be reduced so it would be a project that um we would we could adjust over time too so we we would just see how it how it goes and um and but but still keep that option available. I think that that's very important at Smith Rock is to keep that. Um, if you decide to, you know, that day it's going to be a beautiful day and you want to head out, you should still have that opportunity, although you'll still just need to arrive early to make sure you find a spot. Yeah. I mean, I think most people are who live here are aware of what a world-class climbing area Smith Rock is. In the master plan, what are some of the things that climbers can expect to uh, experience or see change uh, going forward? Yeah, so the master plan is suggesting the implementation of a climbing management plan. So that's our management plans are different than a master plan, whereas a master plan is really focused on land use and um, for for facility expansion. Um, now, management plans deal with you could have a visitor management plan, um, a, sure. a, a parking management plan, um, or a climbing management plan. So I think our climbing community is is uh, kind of excited to see a climbing management plan because that's gonna be what protects the ex accessibility of climbing at Smith Rock for the future, is making sure that it stays safe and making sure that um, it is uh, maintained in a way that can be sustainable. So uh, are you talking like, would this person, for example, be sort of in charge of setting the routes, deciding where bolts go, that kind of stuff? So you're thinking, yeah, the, the climbing the ranger. Climbing. The, yeah. yeah the, the, <laughs> which is kind of like a cool title, right? Like right. Everyone, Everybody everyone, wants that job, right? Yeah, totally. Everyone's <laughs> going to want to be the climbing ranger. Um, so the, that position um, would be more focused on education and outreach and really creating those uh, and maintaining those relationships with our climbing community, which is great right now. We have a, we have a fantastic uh, relationship, sure. I feel, that with our climbing community, the High Desert Climbers Alliance, the Smith Rock Group. Um, we work really closely with them, and we could not maintain um, the park without their support. And what we really have seen is this 
you know, explosive growth and in, in climbing. Um, I think a lot of it might be due to like the expansion of rock gyms. For um, sure. There's so many more rock yeah. gyms popping up. Mm-hmm. And Redmond, you know, just opened up a bouldering gym with the, they're intending to expand that to a full, full uh, uh, comprehensive rock gym here in the future too. And hopefully that works. And um, so more people are uh, getting their start in a rock gym. And then Smith Rock being a regional resource and, and very accessible, a, a lot of people have their first experience climbing on real rock at Smith Rock. Um, and it's a great place to do that because the, it's got a great approach and there's a lot of people that you can learn from sure. there. And so... Um, and it's heavily bolted. And it's heavily bolted. <laughs> it's the birthplace right. of sport climbing. Um, and it's a safe place to do it where you've got a lot of people checking you and, and there for you. Um, and uh, But... It takes a different mindset to climb outside on real rock than it does in a gym. And so we really need to start working with a lot of these people in the community to, um, to educate on the best stewardship practices um, uh, when visiting, you know, the crag um, out there because it, it is, it's a lot different. So this ranger would be working really closely with a lot of our nonprofits and with that community to provide that education and that outreach so that people um, can climb responsibly there. And then there's that component of, yeah, uh, maintaining the bolts, the root setting and all that too. So this this ranger would probably not be the one um, rappelling down and checking each bolt. That is where we rely on our nonprofit groups. And, and uh, they are out there working in all sorts of weather to ensure that those bolts um, are safe and replaced as needed and, um, and maintained. Interesting. So um, I know a lot of climbers use the Bivy Camp. They go there to overnight camp. That's another place that's, um, you know, part of the master plan, adding another par- um, camping area to that to that part. So talk a little bit about, you know, just camping at Smith Rock in general and what the idea is adding another group camp. Sure. Yeah. So when we were when we've been receiving a lot of the comments about the park, one uh, overarching theme, too, was keep as much of it the same as you can. And that really um, was directed toward the, the bivouac or what we you know we call the bivy. Um, so the bivy is a very unique experience there. Uh, no other state park has anything quite like it. It more resembles like a hiker biker um, uh, camp, mm-hmm. but it's much bigger than that. So where you drive in, you park, it, it's very low impact. So, you know, you, you're not seeing RVs, um, no sleeping in vehicles there. You're really supposed to just pitch a tent. Um, there's no campfires. It's it, it's usually very quiet, but it's also a communal space too, where you get to meet people from all over the country and sometimes all over the world. Um, uh, it's got a communal kitchen. And, um, and, and part of that was keeping that first come first serve nature too. So many parks have gone to reservations. And um, unless you're a really great planner, that makes it very difficult to get into a lot of campgrounds during, um, you know, uh, nice weather. Mm-hmm. And so keeping that first come first serve, not doing too much with the with the bivouac. The, the difference in what we're proposing with some of that in, uh, development in the bivy is um, offering a space for like the groups, the bigger groups, the, the camps, the summer camps, uh, youth camps or the colleges that come out that want to reserve a space for their group um, and camp there. And so we've got a a proposition to put three group camps in with another restroom facility right there and a little community uh, kitchen uh, for them too. So it's just a modest expansion 
um, uh, not not that big. So just three reservable group camps. Yeah, that's one thing, I guess, me personally, when I think of state parks, usually I think RV campers. Like that is... <laughs> That is so synonymous, especially in on the Oregon coast, for example. Um, so this is just really unique. Yeah, we did a survey a, a number of decades ago uh, to folks camping at state parks, and that was what they wanted was an expansion of full hookup sites, electric, water, yeah. sewer. And so parks listened to that and they built. Um, so that a lot of our campgrounds were expanded to cater to that um, RV uh, and motorhome uh, traffic. Um, but uh, it, I think it's important to have a good balance. And so in Smith Rock, really, people, people that come for the first time and camp at that campground um, have great reviews. And that goes, you know, to say for the entire park. Most, most people that come to Smith Rock, it was 97%, according to our visitor survey, are highly satisfied uh, when visiting the park. Has anyone ever, um, have you ever had to, you know, limit the numbers at the baby camp or turn people away in any, any sort of way? Or is it just kind of sort of self-regulated? It's regulated by parking. So if okay. you can't find a parking spot, then you're turning people away. And we do put up um, a, a campground full sign when all the parking is is maxed out. And, and, and that's, you know, we've actually reduced some of the parking because people used to overflow out onto the county road park along road shoulders, walk along the road in, and that was really unsafe. And it was just overwhelming the campground and, and, and the bathrooms there. It just really couldn't handle that load. So we worked really closely with the uh, Deschutes County and the park neighbors um, to implement uh, no parking along the county roads there. And that's been very successful. And so that's helped us maintain that um, capacity. You, uh, one of the things that's mentioned in the master plan is the manager's residence, which we learned before we started this podcast that you don't actually live in, living in Redmond. Uh, but I am curious. Uh, it's it's described as being quote outdated, which can I think be a gamut of things. What what's it like living in there? What's it like in the in the in the residence? You know, the the residence is just a ranch house um, adjacent to the park. And When was uh, it built? It was built, uh, I believe, in the uh, early 70s, maybe late late 60s, early 70s. Um, and it was built by... Cedar trim and... and totally. Uh, I'm picturing my house, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a beautiful house. It's got this big picture window that has you know, the view of Smith Rock. Uh, it was... But... When they built a lot of these managers' residences, uh, as we were building parks back in the 60s and 50s and 60s, they would often just put the manager's residence right next to the shop yard. It was really, it's a security thing. You keep your eye sure. on the shop yard and, and um, you're close where people know to uh, find you. Mm -hmm. um, and, and But this, this manager residence has, uh, while it did back up to our old shop yard, um, it, it is just right on the, the, the Crooked River Drive. And, and, and no, I'm not living in it currently, but our, one of our rangers is sure. occupying it and, and available there for, if necessary, any after-hours call-outs. Seems like a dream house, actually. Well, I mean, the views, you yeah. know. You can't buy those views anymore. Yeah. It's the backyard, I think. You know, when you can walk out <laughs> right. your backyard and be on the trail system, that that's yeah. that's the beauty of it. Um, yeah, but the views in the backyard, and it's nice not to have a commute too. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I hear that. Um, okay, so in this, so you did. There was some surveying going on in ter for the master plan. 
about a quarter of those surveyed in 2016 lived within 30 miles of the park, which I thought was interesting, and only half lived in Oregon. So what does data like that tell you about, you know, the park, how you, you know, how you manage the park? Right. It's so it Smith Rock became an international destination. It really it really uh, was put on the map back in the late 80s and early 90s when uh, sport climbing was taking off. Um, and we started seeing more and more people traveling you know, from Europe and all over the United States to come test out these, some of the hardest routes in the country um, at Smith Rock. And that's, that trend has continued. Uh, it's not uncommon uh, on a weekend when you uh, walk down along the parking lot to see more out-of-state plates than you see um, or Oregon plates. Uh, which is great. It's the diversity there, and, and especially at the bivouac. The bivouac uh, campground attracts people f- from the furthest distance. Mm. And so um, it's it, a, lot of, a lot of the West Coasters, a lot of Canada comes and visits there. And uh, it, it, it can be a really enriching experience to get to chat with people from all over the world. If you look through our little guest sign-in sheet inside of our uh, current Welcome Center, it's surprising to me how, how far people travel. And uh, it does, yeah, it, it challenges us uh, to try and make things as user-friendly, as intuitive as possible to be able to reach that wide audience. But those kind of those kind of numbers are numbers that would point to like a national park rather than a state park. I mean, they're the kind of numbers you would think, well, this needs some heavy resource allocation from a entity like the feds, not not necessarily coming over from Salem. So um, does I mean, I got to believe that's playing into the master plan as you guys talk about this. I mean, if it continues to be this massive international target, <laughs> I can't imagine what the uh, numbers are going to be in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we don't see anything too fast all of a sudden we've seen you know some pretty uh exponential growth especially over the last 10 years but our agency is up to the challenge we do a really good job um maintaining our state park uh, system i feel and uh yeah smith rock really uh does get a lot of publicity where we saw a lot of our growth uh was shortly after 2012 when Smith Rock was chosen as one of those seven wonders of Oregon, that travel mm, to Oregon campaign uh-huh, that came yeah. out. And, and, you know, and that that was the only state park, specific state park, that was chosen as one of the seven wonders because they, they, they were typically, you know, it was like Crater Lake or the Oregon Coast, the Columbia <laughs> Gorge, Mount Hood, and then Smith Rock, you know, a, a relatively <laughs> small little park. We're, right. you know, we're shy of 700 acres. And, uh, but, and if you look at our visitation, we're not the most visited. A lot of people, you know, come with that uh, assumption. Boy, this must be the, one of the busiest parks, you know, in Oregon. Pilot Butte gets more visitors than us. Huh. Really? Yeah, yeah. It, but it's a lot of just repeats, you know. It's yeah. it's it's the it's the neighbors, it's the hospital the staff that are you know <laughs> taking their lunch break and walking the Butte. Um, and so yeah, Smith Rock in 2021 ranked uh, number 18 on the list of most visited state really? parks. That's fascinating. Yeah, Interesting. It's, most of them are on the coast. Uh-huh. Yeah, the coast is the big draw. There are really big parks. They can accommodate more people. Um, so yeah. Um, well, I know that one thing you know in terms of just vis- visitor, like helping with visitors, signage was a, a thing that 
was talked about in the master plan. Just tell us a little bit about what the goal is for, you know, interpretive signage and I guess safety signage probably as well. You know what we're really lacking, and one of the cool projects that uh, I'm excited about is uh, a build-out of a welcome center. Yeah. And so that was, that was part of what was lacking in that 1991 master plan, is it did not call for a visitor center. And so we couldn't build a visitor center until we updated that master plan. Mm. And so we had some uh, funding through general obligation uh, bonds that were appropriated to state parks, $50 million. Smith Rock got a little portion of that, and it was earmarked for a visitor center uh, and some and some accessible uh, hiking opportunities uh, that would be expanded from that visitor center. And so really having a space where people can come to the park that are unfamiliar with Smith Rock and... Uh, uh, interface with park staff or a volunteer and 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 have some interpretive opportunities to really get to know about that the, the park and uh, get to decide how they want to experience that park too um, is going to be is going to be uh, I, I think a great improvement and then from there uh, we're, what we're looking at doing is expanding that rim trail the rimrock trail uh, which is currently just sends you straight down into the canyon. Mm-hmm. But what we want to do is make it more accessible uh, so that uh, and extend it out to North Point. So you would have better options for um, uh, views in a, in a shorter hike that doesn't involve necessarily going down into the canyon and going straight up Misery Ridge. Because I think a lot of people show up at the park and that's not what they really wanted to do. But the flow of the park just kind of brings them that way. They just kind of follow the... <laughs> The, the people, and then they end up uh, hiking up Misery Ridge um, without being really prepared for that and maybe not even really, you know, wanting that experience. So what we want to do is offer new experiences, uh, education, interpretation, and then a nice stroll um, with some shade opportunities and viewpoints um, along the rim. Um, and I think that might help us uh, turn through visitation a little faster so that right. not everyone's staying so long. They're on a super long hike that they didn't sign up for, and then they're in the park for four hours instead of one. And that's four hours is roughly the length of stay. What what we saw from the visitor survey was a four-hour mm. stay. When you look at a lot of national parks, uh, the majority of people that visit national parks stay less than that, mm-hmm. and, and they go for less, like a like a, maybe a mile hike. Um, those, that first roughly mile to one mile to two mile hike from the visitor center is what the majority of visitors do. Yeah. And so we want to, Smith Rock doesn't really have that option. So everything takes you further than that. And so we want to give a nice option where, you know, and, and then expanded some, you know, some facility development in there with some interpretive signage and some shade, um, better viewpoints. And maybe more just, maybe just set up a little Instagram you know, people just go in, have their Instagram moment, shoot the thing, and they can leave and for them. the rest of, for everybody else. Yeah, tell them exactly <laughs> where the Instagram worthy place is. <laughs> yep. But but you have these two bridges on sort of the east and west sides of the park proposed as well. I think that was part of that plan as well, right? To keep it, make it a shorter hike that's easier to get across the river and back without having to go all the way around. Yeah. Yep, yep. So you can, a lot of people feel, con, you know, currently uh, crowded or congested when they're doing the Misery Ridge hike. And so this is really an option to give some people some other loop options. People love loops. Yeah. So we want to give some loop options that um, people can do other than Misery Ridge. And so uh, by putting that bridge 
at the south, uh, just a little bit further south, um, you'll get some great opportunities to walk along the river and then right back up out of the canyon uh, that wouldn't be nearly as steep or as challenging, but still just equally, you know, beautiful. Yeah. Well, did we miss anything that you'd like to mention before we wrap up here? No, no, I, I think that's I think we really hit on a lot of things and we're, we're excited to uh, finish this master plan. We're excited to hear. I, I, I feel like we're getting great comments back and um, a lot of support right now uh, for this dialed in master plan concept. So if this can get passed through and we, we can start moving on to some fun new projects that I think is really going to enhance the experience of uh, visitors as well as help protect the natural resources that make the place so special. Yeah. So tell people where they can find the draft master plan and I believe there'll be a link to the comment option from there. Right. Yep. Correct. Yeah. So uh, the, you, uh, you could just Google it. If you just Google Smith Rock State Park Master Plan, <laughs> it's going to pop up there. You can click on uh, the link there and that'll bring you right to it. Uh, SmithRock.com is also offering um, a link to it. So you can go to SmithRock.com, their main homepage. Uh, we'll have a Great. link to it. And uh, you can and we're encouraging everybody to submit comments after reviewing the plan uh, through that portal, too. Great. Matt Davey is the park manager at Smith Rock State Park. Thanks so much for being with us today. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for being here.